You're listening to Strong Runner Chick Radio, where our goal is to educate, empower, and connect female distance runners. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a review on iTunes or any platform of your choosing or share it with someone who might find this episode helpful. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, Strong Runner Chicks. Welcome back to another episode of SRC Radio. Today I have with me Alex, one of my good friends here in Denver, and I'm really excited to dive into life with her as well as running and the amazing community that she has built um, with brunch running as well as a few other components to Alex's running and also her coaching. She is a running coach as well. Uh, Alex, welcome to the show. I'm going to let you pronounce your first and last name for those that want to know how to say your name correctly so that I don't butcher it. Hi, Megan. I'm so happy to be here. So I am Alex Weissner and yeah, I'm a Denver-based run coach and the co-founder at Brunch Running. Nice. Well, thank you. I would have said Weissner. That was coming to mind. I didn't want to say Weissner. <laughs> I don't know if you get that a lot, but I do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go the full German on it, it's Weissner, but. Oh, so we got some German in there. Okay. In there. Nice. Uh, well, what's new, Alex? I know you just got back uh, experiencing some allergy season. Sounds unfortunate, yeah. but just got back from a big road trip. Tell us more about it. Yeah, I decided for the month of March to spend most of it on the road. I think I was only home five days total, six days total for the entire month, which was kind of nice. I started in Crested Butte and went skiing for a few days up there, did some skinning, headed down to Phoenix, got some family time in, came back to Colorado and went up to Carbondale and did some more skiing and dog sitting. And as I like to say, it was my high altitude training camp while I was up there because in Denver, we're only at 5,000 feet, but up there you're at 9,000 feet and running at 9,000 feet is a whole nother beast. Um, But it was amazing to get in some beautiful runs up there as the season was starting to end, but also get up on the mountain a little bit more. And then I came home for a few days before heading up to Montana and Idaho and did some skiing up at Big Sky before spending some quality time with my family in Missoula. And then I went to a retreat for a few days over in Idaho and left with the most amazing energy after meeting some of the most amazing people I've met in my life that are going to now be a part of my life moving forward. Amazing. So, yeah. Amazing. That's kind of my month of March and now I'm home. Yeah. Nice. So I know a big part of that, and I want to make sure you're recording your end as well. That would be awesome. awesome. Yeah. So, so we get that. Um, so I know you had said you went skiing. I'm curious to hear about how you handle kind of the off season, if you have an off season from running and what that looks like in terms of yeah, like putting more towards skiing or cross training or what you do kind of through the winter months. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. So skiing for me is the first love of my life. I fell in love with skiing when I was about like 10 or 11. I learned how to ski at five, thought it was so much fun. And just, I love being outside. I think is really a big part of it but there's something about being on the mountain in the cold it's just it's my it's always been my happy place and I decided in 1998 that I wanted to be a ski racer somehow convinced my parents to let me try out the sport which eventually in 2001 led me to coming out to Colorado to finish up high school and going to high school up in Steamboat Springs and skiing up there I'm privacy. I was not a very good ski racer, but I had so much fun, made amazing friends. It definitely taught me a very good work ethic when it came to training and going to school, but also just to see what my body was capable of. And as I've transitioned out of that world and really gone to running in college and post-college, um, the winter months I've always kind of kept a ski season 
even though I have trained for a few marathons through ski season, which is definitely really hard to do. Um, but I think it's always they're a great complement to each other because they use similar muscles, but in different ways. And right now I am half marathon training. So that has meant that when I have been on the road, especially in March and February, really started picking longer runs, I was moving my run, my long runs to the middle of the week so that mm -hmm. on the weekends I could ski. If I needed to on the weekends, like throw in an extra short run or recovery run after a ski day. But I really made it a point that skiing is my priority right now and running's there and running what I'm doing in the gym and running is also that I can do stuff outside. And now that as we're in this weird transition season, you know, really I can pick up my running, which is perfect timing because I'm definitely in peak training for my, for I'm running the Colfax half marathon on May 15th. So I'm in that yeah. peak, hitting that peak part right now. So it's kind of like that perfect timing, but I know that I already have the strength built and it's just about getting my body ready again to run 13.1 miles. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like that coming off of ski season. And that's amazing. I've been skiing with Alex and she's a great skier. So it's, you know, always humbling to just learn from other people. I'm new to it, but I can tell you've been skiing a long time and that's a really cool way, I think, to kind of compliment running through the winter. So yeah, thanks for sharing. Well, it's also one thing I've learned. I got into cross-country skiing a few years ago and, you know, we always get some really big storms in Colorado and especially in Denver. And at times you can't get out on the road and I don't own a treadmill or have an actual gym membership. So I'm like, I don't have access to a treadmill. So cross-country skiing is a great way to get in some close to endurance. It's does, you know, it's the same thing on the body when you can't get out there and run because there's too much snow. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's a really good alternative. I agree. So, um, jumping a little bit over to, oh my gosh, I don't know if we should dive into Montana first and your retreat there, or we'll wait on that one. We're going to okay. stick to running for now. Cause I want to know like how you initially got started in running and how you've sort of progressed. And I know you've gotten more into trails over time. And so, yeah, what did that look like? Like initially getting into running? So I always just ran as dry land training. It was at first it was definitely a hate relationship. <laughs> um, <laughs> It was like, you have to get, you know, preseason in the summers, I would add running in more um, when I wasn't in Mount Hood training or any of that. And then as, you know, same thing as now, even in April, once the mountains closed and we were back at school full time, it was all right, like I can go out for a run in the morning. I can go for a run after class or do these things. And at that point, I don't think I would have classified myself as a runner. I kind of just ran to stay fit and it complimented and it was cardio that I told I was told I was needed and I was just doing it because like my coaches were saying so, and I knew it would help build strength for that next ski season. Um, but it wasn't really until kind of post-college, um, that I really got into running because I moved back to New York City. I'm from the New Jersey tri-state area. Originally, I moved to New York City and I was a poor 21-year-old and I liked to work out and boutique fitness wasn't really a thing at that point yet. It was starting to be and all I could really afford was a pair of shoes. Mm -hmm. I kept trying to get like the discounted memberships at the athletic clubs and just studios and gyms, but running was the cheapest thing I could find. So I bought a pair of Nike shocks and started running. <laughs> um, <laughs> great choice in shoes, by Nothing the way. like Nike shocks. Ni yeah. Nike shocks. Um, and then I kind of just really got into it. And when I moved back to Arizona after being in New York for a year, I started signing up for different races. I had already been pretty into cycling and I was dabbling with getting into triathlons 
because I love to swim and grew up swimming. And running really just became something that I thought was super fun. It also was giving me the opportunity to travel because I would go to San Diego and like run a 10K with a friend who lived there. And eventually that led to going with two really close friends to Las Vegas to run our first half marathon. And this was before I lived in Denver. So we all just met in Vegas, ran a half marathon and had a little too much fun that weekend. But it really was just something I thought was so cool that even much, I was like, I can do this again. And then I think it was like six weeks later, ran the rock and roll half in Phoenix. And then when I moved to Denver, really running became something that me and my girlfriends were doing. It was our social activity. We were running sometimes before work in the mornings. We were doing a lot of the run clubs from the bars and restaurants in our area during the week because we were also like in our late twenties and no, we weren't making too much money. So discounted meals and drinks were a great thing. So we were just (laughs) like, we can go like we get a discounted drink here or we get free tacos here. So we kind of just had the schedule of we run, we socialize, you know, we would do, if we were doing a Monday run, we'd sometimes cook dinner and watch the bachelor bachelorette afterwards. And that kind of just became our habit and tradition. So at that point I was really just getting more and more into running and that then eventually led to me and one of my girlfriends um, creating French running. How fun. Oh my gosh. And I can't wait to dive into how brunch running got started. Um, so initially, like what were your first couple of races? Like when you got into the sport, like, were you going straight into half marathon marathon or starting off? Yeah. Where'd you start off? I started definitely with five K's and 10 K's. I think that just wasn't super intimidating and most of those I was doing just kind of solo because I was living at home with my parents and it was just like I was like what can I do on the weekends and in the mornings before I have to go into work and it was just fun and I thought it was just I love I think post-college me missed being part of a team I missed that like collaborative like training practice and showing up to races and that energy and going to different races all of a sudden brought all of that energy back. And I was just like in love with it. I was like, this is amazing. I'm having so much fun. I'm meeting all these people and getting to try and do different things um, because I just, it was stuff I would never have thought I would ever be a runner. Um, and I think at that point I was running a few trails up by where my parents live, but I wouldn't have called myself even a trail runner. I think it was just like, I'm just running on this dirt trail, like not thinking anything (laughs) of it. Um, And then eventually after that Vegas trip really started getting into more half marathons. And I will say the half is probably one of my favorite distances to run. 10 Ks are amazing too, but that half, I feel like it's a really nice sweet spot. And maybe it's just that I'm getting older now too, and I need a little bit more of a warm up. So (laughs) By the time I'm hitting that second part of a half, like I'm feeling pretty good and warmed up. But yeah, once I moved to Denver, I mean, it was like every Memorial Day, it was like, we're running the Boulder Boulder. And that just became how we were kicking off the summer and eventually then finding other races, doing halves up in Vail, doing a half here, doing a half there, and really just got into halves for a long time, well, a couple of years. And then I was turning 30 and I was like, "Ah, maybe it's time to run a marathon and started just Googling marathons around my 30th birthday and then ran my first marathon in Nashville in November of, now I'm like, when did I turn 30? Um, hard to remember. Yeah. Like, um, November six years ago, almost seven years, six and a half years ago. So like November, 2016, 
yeah, 2016. And I was like, this is kind of cool. I, the marathon, I think, teaches you a lot about yourself mentally and physically and really shows you what you're capable of. And mm-hmm. you have a lot of time to be with your thoughts while you're marathon training and while you're running a marathon. So I've now completed three marathons. So nice. Yeah. yeah. Very fun. And then um, trails. I know you've gotten a little more into trail running. Uh, yeah. What has that been like for you? And do you have any go-to trails or tips for those getting started with it? I, oh my God, the trails are amazing. I, I think I just love being outside on the mountains. That's like, if I can be outside on a mountain, I'm in my happy place. It doesn't matter the season. It doesn't matter any of that. When I moved to Colorado the first time and back, I started doing some hiking, but it wasn't, I've always wanted to do more of it. So I think when the pandemic hit in, you know, March, 2020, it was the opportunity my roommate and I really just started hiking and doing more of that. And I think for like many people with the trails, I started hiking more. So my comfort level on the trails got better. And then through that, you know, meeting friends like you and a few other women in the Colorado community that are really into trails, just going to group runs, meeting up with people one-on-one and it not being this like pressure to see who can run up the mountain fast enough. It was like, all right, we're going to walk a little, we're going to run a little and really just slowly building that up. But it was, you know, living on the West side of Denver, we're really close to like Matthew winners right by Red Rocks, which mm-hmm. I love running up there. I think oh yeah, those, those rocks like just have magic energy. And there's something about like when the sun hits it at sunrise and you're up there and you're seeing all that, you're like, yeah, life is amazing life is great. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a little underrated. Some of our trails, everyone wants to go to Boulder where we have some great ones down here too. So there are, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love North and South table and golden. Those are great, but I also really like Beaver Brook. Um, yeah. And that's a trail. I, my ex actually took me hiking there years ago and that was the first time I'd ever gone hiking there. And I thought it was just so beautiful. And the way I like to run it is uh, clockwise. Um, I haven't done, I know there's like a part where you can go back further um, and add a couple miles. And I think it ends up being like 17 miles. I haven't ventured that far back there yet, maybe this summer, but um, like the main loop's about five miles-ish. And I love how when, you're coming back up. And this is probably just my own torturous mind. The way I come back up, it's like the stairs of death. Like you <sighs> are climbing up all these stairs, you're scaling rocks a little bit. Um, but it's just, it puts me so far outside of my comfort zone. And I think that's why I love trail running up there because you really are in parts of it so secluded and you have this like beautiful brook just like by your side and you're like no one's out here there's probably bears and other animals watching me hopefully I don't see them (laughs) but it's just so beautiful and in the fall when the leaves are starting to change it's one of my favorite places to yeah that's an amazing point about yeah beaver brook and just I think you know the trails like you had quoted me in your podcast, they just allow us to see so much more than we would if we were hiking because we're moving a little faster and it's beautiful to really soak it all up. So yeah, and they're a good community builder, which I want to use as a segue into your community you built through brunch running and what is, for those that don't know, what is brunch running? How did it get started? I know you took a bit of a hiatus or you have been, so just any, anything you want to share about how brunch running initially got kicked off and what it looks like. Yeah. So brunch running is a social running community. We put the run in brunch. You can't spell brunch without the word run. So you know, it's just meant to be. That's right. 
basically brunch running started out of mine and Courtney's own personal running habit on the weekends. Like I said before, us as our like collective, there'd be like two or three of us, um, mainly me and her. And then like a few other friends would join at times where we'd go for runs before sitting down to eat brunch and watch football. So that just kind of gradually became what we were doing on the weekends. You know, we'd go out Saturday night, wake up, go for a run Sunday morning, watch football, eat and drink all day. And one thing we noticed going to a lot of other run clubs in Denver and in, you know, the surrounding community up in Boulder, there was sometimes just not as inclusive as we were hoping for. Um, and it was so focused, like I love to race, but some of these, it was so focused on race and pace and all these things that mm-hmm. if you are showing up, you know, talking to some friends, like, and even experiencing it ourselves that like you show up and I'm not the fastest runner right now. I'm running faster than I think I have ever run. Um, probably like the fact that 36, I can say I'm probably in better shape than I was at 26, you know, I was running like 10, 11 minute miles and showing up to some of these run clubs. It just felt super intimidating to me because I wasn't fast and I couldn't keep up. And I felt like I was being left behind. And I knew that a, I was not the only one other people were feeling that. And then there was also just like, if you were a new person and you weren't able to keep up with these people and you didn't have the shoes or like the gear or stuff like that, it felt like it wasn't always the most welcoming Mm -hmm. and we wanted to change that. So my backgrounds in PR and marketing and at the time back in 2003, I was working for a PR agency in Colorado but also kind of moonlighting on the side and doing some event production uh, within the food and craft beer space. So helping do festivals and beer dinners. And I really had learned how the restaurant industry had worked from an event side. And we saw this gap in the market where a lot of breakfast and brunch restaurants open up early. You know, Mm -hmm. they're opening up at nine or 10, but their clientele, most people don't show up for brunch until like 11. So how could we help them fill the seats? And our answers were, let's bring runners in and reached out to restaurant owners that we had great relationships with that we you know, were like, hey, can we bring people in? And they're like, sure, let's try it out. And that kind of was just how brunch came to be. We'd go for runs and then eat brunch at these restaurants. And then that was something we were doing on a regular basis. We're doing it almost every single week in Denver. Um, from right after Easter through mid-October-ish when the season started to change and we do different restaurants every single week. So people got to try out different places, run different routes because that was another thing that we thought was really important was like, let's spice it up. Why do we have to run the same route at the same time, eat the same, you know, Mm -hmm. talk the same breakfast every single week. Let's switch it up a little bit. And there's so many great restaurants in Denver at this time. And brunch was, it, brunch as a meal was having its moment. So we kind of just played into that and soon really found just that we were creating this amazing community and meeting all these amazing people who still to this day, you know, nine years later are really, became really close and amazing friends all because we decided to go for a run and eat brunch. So that kind of, you know, expanded. We were able to do a chapter in Phoenix, do pop-ups in San Diego and um, New York and Texas. And it was just, it was so much fun. It was, I don't know, it's my heart and soul. So I'm very excited that I get to help bring it back and that it's not something that's just living in our past because I think after these past two years, we're really seeing that community is something that we all need mm-hmm. and that we all thrive in. And you can do things alone, but it's way more fun with friends. Absolutely. Very well said. Yeah. Um, I 
I just love this concept of the fact that you noticed a gap too, not only for brunch restaurants, but also for inclusivity and running. And I'm curious, like to you and your experience, what makes a run more inclusive, like for anyone that's looking to host a run or maybe find one, were there signs you were looking for or maybe considerations you had when both when you're going to a run as a participant and also when, um, when you are hosting a run? Yeah. So one thing, you know, that was true then that I think is still true today, because since we kind of wrapped things up in the fall of 2021, I've done a lot of other run clubs and there's a few that I've gone to where, you know, I've gone with other friends and, you know, we're, there's food afterwards or some aspect afterwards and some people, you know, do a great job of this and other people don't where they don't realize that they're leaving people behind and that there's, you know, the people that are supposed to be leading the run, they go out, they run their pace, but they don't, they forget that some people might need to walk. Some people just are not at the same pace. And some people also have no idea where they're going. <laughs> like yeah. that's a huge part of it, I think. So like I did a run a couple of months ago up in Boulder. Um, and I was lucky that another friend was there too. And together we kind of were the back of the pack. And it was kind of just nice because she knew the route. I had no idea where we were going. I was like, I could have been like heading to Longmont for all of I known, like running <laughs> yeah. to and it was snowing out. And I'm just like, well, at least she knows where we're going. And we're kind of following the footprints in the snow. But even once we, I felt like we got back, it was just like, since we hadn't gotten back with that first wave of people that it was just kind of like, we were isolated almost to ourselves. And that the person who was leading the run and had organized the run wasn't really good at engaging with everyone that was there. Yeah, and I think that's a huge part because then it almost feels like you're not welcome. Like I even went up to them mm-hmm. afterwards and it's like, thank you so much for like inviting this. It's great. And it's just kind of like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, all right. Well, yeah. It's like, that's your job as the host. Yeah. I'm like passionate about that. I feel like yeah. as the host, I'm trying to, you know, if I do host a run, it's like, make the effort. Like you're not there for yourself, you know, if you are hosting and it's not everyone else's job. Like it was so nice of you to do that and go up and thank him or her for hosting, but you just, yeah, you just never know. Like if someone it's their first time even on a run. So yeah. Where Mm -hmm. I'm like, and that was something I think at brunch, we prided ourselves on whether it was myself or Courtney leading runs, whether it was our ambassadors leading runs, one thing we always made it a point was if you are the leader, A, make sure you talk to every single person. Make sure not only are the service at the restaurants doing table touches, but we're doing table touches mm-hmm. and talking to people, even as they're eating brunch, um, you know, sitting there having conversations and getting to know the people that are part of the community. But also on our runs, one thing we always made sure, whether it was just us, it was us leading or with our ambassadors was, there was always at least two people. There's always someone in the front. There's always something, someone in the back. So that, you know, A, hopefully no one's ever getting lost. We know everyone is accounted for. Um, we had, shout out to Andy here in Denver. He was one of our amazing ambassadors for years. And he would go out and chalk almost all of our Denver runs. Oh, wow. Yeah, because, that's a good point. Yeah, like he'd go out there. Yeah, he was like, oh, I just... I need to get in some extra miles. Like I'm going to run with you guys, but I had to do some extra miles. So he's like, I went out and chalked it already. And we're like, oh, and then it just became his thing. What he was contributing to the group, which, you know, we would be setting up and he'd go out there and chalk out the runs. And that was just so helpful. But then also it's one of those things where we are really, when planning out routes, you know, we're very cognizant of how many turns do you have to make is this confusing? Um, where could somebody get lost? Mm-hmm. How can we make this as simple as possible and enjoyable as possible? And then making sure that whoever, if we were doing an out and back, that one person you know, would stand at 
that halfway mark. And since people had already come the way we we're going back, you could just wait there for some for the next person to tag you out. Then that person would wait until everyone had passed through um, before. So we would always make sure of that to make sure that no one was ever getting left behind. And that also no one was ever getting injured or there was a situation. And I think that's something as a run leader, you do need to take into consideration when fitness is involved. Injuries do happen. Things do happen. You know, you can twist an ankle. You can trip mm -hmm. on a sidewalk. We've all done it before. And, you know, making sure that no one's going to get hurt, I think, is the biggest thing. And we, you know, we made sure everyone on our team was very cognizant of that. I mean, we did instance where we were lucky that there were also nurses involved, but this woman had a seizure disorder and she had a seizure on a run. And our team also knew how to handle it, how to tell us about it. But also like this woman also knew she needed someone with her at all times on her run. So she was able to tell her friend, her friends were able to get her back and meet up with our team and let inform us like on the route of what was going on so that it wasn't just like, a surprise. Yeah. Just wondering where this person went. So making sure that we had that communication plan in place, you know, helped everyone out in that situation. And just as a run leader, I think if you're leading any kind of group fitness, knowing that you have to be aware of certain things mm -hmm. and who's there. Yeah, absolutely. It, to me, it seems like I really appreciate your consideration for others in the runs. It's almost like you guys could host some really big events. You know, you're thinking about all these different aspects. Um, and like, I see a race director in your future <laughs> or hosting. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, like what your plans are with bringing brunch running back post COVID, what you can share with us thus far, like what's inspired you to bring it back and what do you hope to either change, improve, or even have the same as, as before? Yeah, I think it was just one of those things that it kept just gnawing at me. And it's like, I, I'm like my life, I was trying all these different things and I was like, you know, I have a full-time job and nothing was feeling right in my life. Nothing I was trying, nothing I was experiencing. It just felt like I was just on this constant path of running away from everything. And I was trying to not tell myself that what I had done for the past eight and a half, nine years was a waste of time. And I was just like, trying not to have that thought process. I was like, I know how amazing the community was how much I loved my friends in the community and just the entire experience. It was the first business I've ever run. I mean, I learned how to use QuickBooks and like <laughs> do accounting and like understanding sales tech licenses, understanding how to pull permits for events for our big race and everything. And I just learned so much. And I think when we decided to like say like, all right, we, are ready for the next chapter in our lives. Um, just coming back to the fact that I was like, I don't know what my next chapter could be without brunch. And I just yeah, was like, this kind of brings is a good segue to the last part of my road trip in Montana and Idaho. And I was like going into this business and fitness retreat with a completely different business idea. Um, it's a business that will probably still happen eventually, but it's something that my sister and I have been working on um, to fill a gap in the industry she works in and like show up and like, we're now we're all just getting to know each other, going through like the first couple of sessions and like sitting there during my one-on-one -on -one with this amazing community world playground that I'm a part of um, sitting there and just like talking with these, with the guys about it and just being like, they're like, well, when you talk about brunch, you light up. When you talk about this other project, you're kind of just like, mm. eh. it's kind of like the gist of the whole conversation. And I'm like, I just, I'm like, there could, like, I see the opportunity for this business to come back right now. Restaurants are reopening again. We all want that sense of community. And I know I, this is my selfish part of it. I want that community. I want friends to run with again on Saturday and Sunday mornings. Like, 
I love a group run because I love that team environment. And I feel like that's almost like the team I have now. Um, and this, we're going to get a little woo woo for a second. Um, but like, I've always felt like my spirit animal is a wolf. I'm good on my own. I can survive as a lone wolf, but I'm much better in a pack and I thrive in a pack and wanting that aspect, needing that aspect back in my life of having that pack and that team and that tribe. And as I'm like sitting there going there, like, I was like, all right. Yeah. I think, I think this is what I need to like do again and figure out how to bring this back. Um, this was obviously only like seven days ago. So still figuring out those exact details. We will probably be back with events starting in May and I'm working on a Woo-hoo, few. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. so excited because it'll be a perfect way to like get started before um, Colfax again, some group runs there before Colfax and then start to really pick up momentum, um, talking to some other events within Colorado on how we can collaborate and partner, um, looking at some stuff for global running day. We will be doing events, um, with strength in the city, the amazing team behind strength in the city, our good friends and partners and supporters in the past. So we'll be partnering with them and have runs from, their Denver event on June 5th, and then from their Chicago event in July, which will be really exciting because French has never been to Chicago. And I love Chicago. It's an amazing city. The running communities there is obviously great already. And they're like running by that lake is incredible. Um, So really excited about that. And then the brunch run, our big premiere event, of the year we'll be back October 9th in Central Park here in Denver. That will kind of be the the capstone for Colorado and then we'll head down to Phoenix for a bit and do some events. So there'll be, we're looking at at least 10 events within the next, you know, final six months of this year. How exciting. I can't wait. I hope I can be a part of some of those when they come back. That'll yeah. be really fun. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you have learned from hosting events that you would share with someone who either wants to start organizing events, whether it's running or community-based or just in general, like anything that you've applied to life through as you kind of look back on brunch running thus far? I think it all takes time. And this is where I think running is like one of the greatest metaphors for life. You know, you don't just go out and run a marathon. You don't like a marathon. That's, it takes time. It takes patience. It takes practice. And I think just with events, it's the same thing. Like if you're looking for starting a run community within your own home community, start small. Runners love to talk. Runners love to bring other friends to do places. They have other running friends. And some people are new to a community and they're looking, they love to run. So look, they're looking for places where they can make those friends and meet those people. So I think that really is what it all comes back down to is that first step. Take that first step, just like you took that first step to go out for a run. Eventually you will get to that marathon finish line, but just know it, ta- it goes mile by mile in everything that you do. And n- I mean, nothing happens overnight. We didn't become runners overnight. It took time. It took practice. We all have our PRs, but those PRs weren't our first runs ever. So just keep that in mind with everything you're doing that, you know, your PRs got better over time. We get better over time. And I think that's just even a great metaphor and motto to have for life is to continue to get better and that's just something I've really been focusing on and something that I've actually seen in my nephew. Um, he learned how to snowboard this year. And my brother-in-law was sharing a story with me about how like their first time snowboarding. And he thought my nephew was just getting frustrated with the cold and all the stuff. And my nephew was just like, no, I love this. This is the best thing ever. I just want to be better already. Mm-hmm. And I think that mindset of a five-year-old who like, we all need to take that into consideration that we all want to get better. We all want to put in the work 
and we see how what our potential is. And sometimes it's just a matter of stepping up and fulfilling that potential because you can't just say, okay, this is good enough, but how can I continue to be better? How can I do this better? And, you know, I don't know, better is the word of the moment. It's like, yeah. Um, I think for me, something I've always wanted is to leave the world better than I found it in everything that I do. And if that means like through brunch, creating this legacy where we're really creating this environment where running is just purely for fun. We're just having a good time. Yeah, we throw in a race here and there, but we just have fun with it. That means life is fun and we're enjoying it. We're staying healthy. We're experiencing new places because I think we can all do that for runners. Like we said from trail running to running race, destination races, running has the opportunity to open up the world to you. So getting out there, doing that and experiencing makes your life then better and the people that you touch better and it's all connected and spread that energy and those vibes. Well said, well said. I feel like we could end on that. That's like really just, yeah, that sums it up. <laughs> Um, I did just want to highlight a little bit too. I know you're coaching a group for Colfax. So yeah. Like how do you get into coaching and what, what has been the most rewarding part for you of being a coach? So I got into coaching and it's, you know, this was just something for, you know, as a marketing professional, I was like, how can we contribute to running more? Um, and just conversations that we were having at brunch post run, it was like, people were asking us for advice on running. And it was just like, I'm like, I'm not a run coach. I don't know exactly what it is, but this is what I do. And working in PR and marketing, I was seeing a lot of stories that, and journalists reaching out for looking for run coaches. And I was just kind of like, you know what, this is a great opportunity for us to a, expand our knowledge. Let's learn a little bit more about coaching. Um, but it was also, it was part of it was a PR move to be like, how do we become subject matter experts? And how can we talk about running and coaching that's not just focused on hitting PRs constantly and solely just on running? Um, and I know you're a personal trainer as well. So focusing on how do we talk about core work and strength training and swimming and cycling and how all this plays together. Like I love doing all the things. So it's like, how can that translate into coaching? So we started offering at brunch um, coaching programs during the pandemic because we want that sense of community. We did it for, we did a one mile run challenge and did a program around that. Um, and then we were doing different programs, which also led into some one-to-one coaching. And for the past six months, I've been just doing a lot of one-on-one coaching with some amazing women who are all crushing it. Like they're all different stages. They're all focused on different goals. We have someone who's running an ultra this coming weekend, um, down in Phoenix. And then for Colfax, it was just kind of like some of the brunch crew, I wasn't going to run Colfax and then they convinced me to run Colfax. And I was like, okay. I'm like, well, we're doing this as a group now, by the way, like we're all in this together. Um, so let's make this group program. Let's get out there. Let's train together as much as possible, whether we can meet for runs in person or even just through text. And I think it's, you know, I have a PR that I've been chasing in the half for a very long time. So I'm trying to get sub two. Um, injuries keep plaguing me a little bit, but I'm like, all right, I know I have the support of this group. I'm running at my best probably right now, but having a coaching group and just like that team mentality of all of us in it together. And I think that's something I've always, yes, I'm technically the coach, but I think it's one of the things we're all kind of working together. And I'm really big into, you don't have to run six or seven days a week to train for a marathon or do all these things. And that running should be part of your lifestyle and that it shouldn't also training for anything. Cause like even for a half is a time commitment. You should still be able to have time with your friends and family and the people that you love and do the things that you love. And, you know, I don't want to dedicate my entire winter to just training. So that's something even within my coaching 
programs I'm very cognizant of where someone's going on vacation. I'm like, enjoy your vacation. Like, I don't care if you run on vacation, enjoy your vacation. I know you're going to be doing active things and hiking or swimming or skiing or whatever, like take the five days off running. will be there when you get back. So that's kind of part of my coaching philosophy. Um, and the way that I work with a lot of my athletes, um, we will have brunch. We'll have a training program option as part of the race. And if we're partnering with any other races this year, we'll do some other group training programs too, but it's very much that philosophy of we're here to train with you. Um, this is program will fit into your lifestyle. So if you only like to run three days a week, we'll make a way that like you're only running three days a week because you like to hike or like I have one athlete, she likes to play tennis on Sundays. That's she doesn't want to run on Sundays. So mm-hmm. Sundays are her yeah. cross training days and that brings her joy. And guess what? Tennis is a great sport for runners because you're moving side to side versus running just forward all the time. So that is a great thing for runners. So I think, you know, this is why also I love the run coaching community and all the run coaches I meet because there are so we all have different philosophies, different visions and different ways that we train. And it's the same thing with athletes. I feel like. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone drives with a different type of coaching. And I agree with you on like fit running around your life. Like I have an athlete who's getting married and going on a honeymoon and is like, oh my gosh, do I have to, you know, train while I'm out there? I'm like, no, absolutely not. Like that can be our recovery week for you or two weeks, you know, like we'll make it work. Like I want her to enjoy that time and not be stressed about running. So Yeah. yeah. Running should add to your life. It shouldn't take away from anything and it shouldn't, you know, and not yeah. like the pros, that is their job. There's, I think, and I think that's the big difference with where running sometimes needs to go right now is the pros, that is their job. That is the only thing that they are doing. They have a whole team that is behind them on training and recovery and nutrition. And that is what they're doing. Like that's what they're getting paid for. For mm-hmm. all of us other folks that love to run, we need to make sure it stays fun and that, you know, it's not our jobs. It's something that we enjoy joy and makes us happy. So we should have fun with it. And if we're not able to, like you said, enjoy your honeymoon because you're so obsessed, you need to like get in a long run, like then you're not present for enjoying your honeymoon. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know I've been guilty of that before in training where I've gotten so obsessive and I'm like, but I have to get in my run. And it's just like, yeah, Do I have to I've get in there too. Down? Like, no. <laughs> not, yeah. like I'll be fine. Like skipping one or two runs. It's not even mm-hmm. like this weekend with my allergies. Like I could not breathe on Sunday, Saturday during my long run. Like my roommate had to come and pick me up because I was like, can't breathe. I'm getting a migraine and old me probably would have found, tried to figure out a way to push through and make it to eight miles. But I also know taking Saturday and Sunday off from running and I'll run tomorrow. Like I'm letting my body recover versus pushing through and probably making something worse. Mm -hmm. So that goes into overtraining and we can go down that rabbit hole another day. Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's just the biggest thing. It's like making sure that whenever you're running and all stuff that it is enjoyable because life is too short. It should, the thing we should be having fun in almost everything that we're doing. Yeah. You need to get serious sometimes, but for the most part, everything should be just fun. Well said. Yeah. Well said that sums it up. I think, um, we have a couple more questions that I just want to finish on. One is when you look back on your younger self, especially pertaining to running, like what would, what advice would you give? get better shoes sooner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think as it goes on things, there's a shoe for every person. Okay. It's like, this is the Cinderella story of running Find shoes that fit your feet that work for your feet that don't cause pain. You should not, there should not be knee pain. There should not be hip pain. Usually if there is, it's all goes back to the shoes. So go see someone to find out the shoe that fits your foot perfectly. And then when the shoe company changes that shoe design, find a new shoe. It sucks, 
but find a new shoe. <laughs> yes, sometimes change it back. <laughs> words, yeah, good words of wisdom there. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> and then lastly, what does being a strong runner chick mean to you? I think being a strong runner chick means being my true and confident self. I think running has taught me so much of what I can do and to build resiliency in life. Um, and that really anything is possible. I think when I started running, I never would have, I probably have said, I'm never going to run a marathon. And these are runners probably famous last words are, oh, I'm never going to uh -huh. do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think learning how to run a marathon taught me a lot about myself. And I think learning, especially on the trails and seeing just how much stronger, more confident and more sure of myself I am since I've really gotten into trail running has shown me that I am capable of doing things on my own that I never thought I was. I think I've always been very independent, but I think there was a point in my life where I wasn't as independent and I was caring more about other people's thoughts and I didn't want to let other people down or disappoint other people. But within that, I was really disappointing myself. And as I've spent more time running on my own and getting in my own head and having conversations with myself on the trails, um, really realizing that I can go out there, do stuff on my own, and that the community that I have supports everything that I'm doing and trying to accomplish and that they are in there with me, even if sometimes we can't run together or be there together. But um, yeah, that running's really helped me find my voice, my strength and who I want to be. Yeah. Those are powerful words. Thank you so much, Alex, for joining me for the show. This was super fun. And I just appreciate all the wisdom you shared and, you know, advice. I think other people can learn from, um, from your running journey and also by creating community. So thank you again. Really thank appreciate you your time. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Megan. Thank you. And thanks strong runner chicks for tuning in. Hope you have a wonderful day and join us at a either a brunch run and or a uh, strong runner chicks front range run. If you're around Denver or Boulder, we'd love to see you there. So. Thanks for listening to the strong runner chicks radio. Do us a favor and leave a review in iTunes to help spread awareness and foster the SRC community. Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at strong run chicks.